It's the dictionary. Dictionary. It's the dictionary. It's the dictionary. Dictionary. It's the dictionary. Dictionary. Hello, word nerds. Welcome to the dictionary. This is the podcast where I am reading the dictionary in short little sections. Seems like my episodes have been averaging around right around a half hour. And, uh, you know, that's that's just the way it goes. When I'm talking about myself, it's about a half hour. Longer than the 10 to 15 minutes they used to be. Shorter than many podcasts out there in the world. We have more dog words. About half of this episode is dog words. It's the rest of the dog words. And then, you know, then we get into some other sections. Uh, So let's talk about all this stuff. First word in this episode is dog's chance. D-O-G apostrophe S. Second word, C-H-A-N-C-E. Noun from 1902. A bare chance in one's favor, and it probably sounded extra confusing with the word bear, dogs and bears. No, it's B-A-R-E, so a bare chance in one's favor, and I don't understand what that means exactly. Bear, I think of like as being empty or naked, um, a bare chance in one's favor. It doesn't say chiefly British, but it kind of seems like it might be. Um, let's see, what, what does bear, B-A-R-E, mean? What, is there a, a definition that I'm not thinking of? Let's see. Oh, lacking a natural, usual, or appropriate covering, lacking clothing, lacking a tool, open to view, exposed, hmm, unfurnished, destitute, nothing left. See, they, they could, they could tell me which definition I'm supposed to go to. Uh, a mirror. A mere chance, a small, so would it be a small chance in one's favor? Ah, okay, that makes sense. So you, you, you barely have a chance. That's the way to think about this. There's barely a chance in your favor, so the chances are very good that it will not go your way. You have a dog's chance. Gotcha. That, that was way more obvious than, I, than my brain comprehended it. Um, so, uh, you say, oh, um, are you, are you going to win the lottery? Mm, nope. I got a dog's chance. A dog's chance. I wonder where this came from. How did this one come about? Okay. The sound effect is going to be incredibly obvious, but I feel like it, it is required that I do this. Dope. The next word is dog sled. One word, noun from 1810. A sled drawn by dogs. And the dogs are not drawing the sled with a bit paper and a pencil or colored pencils or crayons or markers or sharpies or watercolors. No, the, the, the dogs are pulling the sled. That's why it's a dog sled. Dog sled is an intransitive verb. Dog sledder is a noun. Those dogs are covered in so much fur, they're dealing with the very cold, cold times and, uh, you know, they got a lot of fur, so they're, they're like, yeah, I, I don't mind the winter or the snow. It feels very good to me. I enjoy it. That's what it seems like, at least. Uh, I don't know how much they enjoy pulling a heavy sled. Um, I think if they didn't like it, they would make it pretty clear that they don't like it. But but uh, you know, they, what I've seen is they seem to be happy. 
doing all this stuff. You know, if, as long as their owner, whoever it is, is treating them well, feeding them good food, all that, then they're they're probably happy. But, you know, I don't want the animals to be treated badly in any way or forced to do things that they don't like to like to do. What is, what is Iditarod? Is that the, the, the race with the dog sleds through crazy, crazy, long, bad weather conditions? Don't! Next is Dog Star. Two words. The D and the S are capitalized. Noun from 1567. The synonym is Sirius. S-I-R-I-U-S. That's uh, the Dog Star, the Sirius Star... Is Sirius, oh, I feel like we talked about this at some point, Can, was it oh, maybe like Canis, Canis something, uh, the constellation is Sirius, it's like the dog constellation, and then this is one of the stars in that constellation, which is why they call it the dog star, I think that's what it is, maybe we'll put a link in the show notes for dog star, aka Sirius, why so serious? next, This is not a very good Homer Simpson impression, but I'm just trying to say it in different ways. Next is dog tag. Two words, noun from 1918. An identification tag, as for military personnel or pets. That's, I guess, the, the one for pets. That's where we got the name from, dog tag. Uh, I guess we would even use it for a cat. You'd say, you get, you, did you get your cat a dog tag? Well, I got it a cat tag. No, you must call it a dog tag. And then, yeah, military, uh, a lot of military people are also wearing these tags that say, like, their name and their information, uh, I guess, so you can, if, if and when they die, you can easily identify them. Uh, it's just hanging there right around their neck. And, you know, it's just like the tag that you put on the dog's collar if you do that. So that's why you call it a dog tag. Many, many examples in in movies of people holding dog tags, talking about dog tags, giving dog tags to the people when they die. Lots lots of those examples. Don't! Next is dog tick. Two words. Noun from circa 1552. The synonym is just American dog tick. This is a tick that likes to hop on the dogs and get a little ride. And eat their blood. Doe. Dog tooth is next. Uh, this is one word. It's a noun from 1552. Oh, interesting. Same year as dog tick. I think that might be a coincidence. Maybe around that time they were naming everything, <laughs> everything with dogs. Dog star was 1567. Uh, did we have any other 1500 time? Uh, let's see. Uh, nah, why Why am I doing this? Why am I looking back at all these words to figure out the years? I don't know. I was hoping to find a whole bunch of words that were in the mid-1500s that have dog in the name, but uh, dog house is 1594. Uh, yeah, I don't think this is going quite as well as I hoped it would. Does anything ever go as well as I hoped it would? No, it, it's, it doesn't. It's not. Okay, that's that's good. So, we were on dog tooth. Number one, there are two synonyms. One of them is the number one definition for the word canine, which is, you know, it's the the sharpiest of the teeth in the human head and also in the dog and cat heads. 
It's the sharp tooth, canine, and uh, dog tooth. You know, we see dogs with those teeth, so we just call it the dog tooth. Your canine can also be called a dog tooth. The other synonym is, I don't know if I'm familiar with this one, it's eye tooth, E-Y-E. T-O-O-T-H. And uh, that's just thinking about that word is a little weird and creepy. Do you put an eyeball in your tooth? Is your eye made up of a tooth? Uh, Yeah, eye tooth. Not sure about that one. Can't wait to get there in the E's. I guess that's the end of the E's. Number two for dog tooth. An architectural ornament common in early English Gothic consisting usually of four leaves radiating from a raised point at the center. Uh, I'm sure I have seen this, but my brain cannot think of what this looks like, so maybe we'll have to put uh, put a picture on the social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at DictionaryPod. Uh, we'll put it up there so we can see what that looks like, this dog-tooth architectural ornament. Number three is chiefly British, and the synonym is hound's tooth, which I believe is that the pattern, like the fabric pattern of the sort of jaggies, uh, usually like a white and black kind of thing. Yeah, I, I think that's what it is. Uh, dog tooth, hound's tooth, whichever one you prefer. Doe. Dog tooth violet is next. Two words. Uh, noun from 1629, any of a genus of small spring-flowering bulbous herbs of the lily family. And the the genus name is erythronium. Erythronium. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. I, that's all I got to say. It's a violet. Why, why is it dog tooth? I'm not sure. Um, is this... Did they use the dogtooth violet leaves in the architectural ornament because it has four leaves radiating from the raised point in the center? Could it be that? Uh, maybe the dogs like them. Maybe like to bite on them. Maybe the leaves or something look like a dogtooth. So many options. Dope! Um, the next is the first form of the word dog trot. One word. Noun from the 15th century, one, a quick, easy gait suggesting that of a dog. And gait here is G-A-I-T, that's just the way it walks. A quick, easy gait. And uh, so, okay, but what, what are we talking about? What thing has this easy gait that is suggestive of a dog? Could it be a horse, a cat, a human, a donkey, a dolphin? I'm not sure, but that type of gait is called a dog trot. I mean, I would think it would just be for dogs, but that seems too too on the nose, maybe? Number two, this is chiefly Southern and Midland, and it is a roofed passage similar to a breezeway, and especially one connecting two parts of a cabin. Uh, okay, so uh, just it's just a little passageway, like a little hallway, I guess. And uh, but it has a roof on it, and it usually connects two parts of a cabin. So maybe the cabin is like broken into uh, like two rooms, maybe, and then it has this little passageway in between them, and that is called a dog trot. 
uh, I, I'm trying to think of what, why would they call it a dog trot? Well, maybe they had a dog and the dog would trot through it. And they were like, that's the dog trot. That's where the dog trots through from one part of the cabin to the other part of the cabin. Southern and Midland. I don't know. If, you, if you're from those areas and you know, let me let me know. Email me. Call the Google Voice number. Any one of those things. Doe! Oh. The second form of dog trot is an intransitive verb from circa 1900. This is to move or progress at a dog trot. Dog trotting in a dog trot. I still don't know if this is... Who, who is doing this dog trot? Can a human do a dog trot? Oh, I have to mention, because we're, we're talking about how we walk... Uh, I just listened to an episode this morning of uh, the podcast Weirdest Things I Learned This Week or something like that. And uh, it's a great podcast. You should just listen to it in the first place. But the one that aired today, which is January... No, what month am I in? February 15th, 2023. The very first story that they talked about was how they studied... They did a very, very small study about the Monty Python Silly Walk uh, at least one of the silly walks, because I think there's multiple, and they it it just talked about how how um how how metabolically good it is, how you're gonna like lose more weight and get your heart rate up. It's like an exercise if you do the silly walk. So I was like, yeah, I, th- I definitely think we all need to add some more silly walking to our to our uh, what's the word to our, our vocabulary, our walking vocabulary. I don't know, there's a there's another word that I'm thinking of that I can't come up with right now. Let's do a silly dog trot. Next, doe, dog watch. One word, noun from 1700. Now I want to see a dog wearing a dog watch. Does the dog in a family, the family guy, does he wear a watch? He might. Number one. Either of two watches of two hours on shipboard that extend from 4 to 6 and 6 to 8 p.m. So uh, that's the dog watch. The two, Each of those two hours are the dog watch. Why? Two hours on shipboard that extend. So the first one is 4 to 6 p.m. The second one is 6 to 8 p.m. But why do they call it a dog watch? I'm not sure. Is there something about dogs being awake during that time? Or I don't know. I don't know. If you're on a boat or have to do some sort of watch, if you have one of those two-hour chunks, you're on the dog watch. Number two, any of various night shifts, especially, though, the last shift. That is the dog watch. Nobody tells me why they added the word dog to this. I would love to know what's the context there. My brain can't come up with it, but I'm sure there's a good reason. Doe! This is the last of the D-O-G, the dog words. But don't worry, we have more words this episode. This is dogwood. One word, noun from 1617. Any of various trees and shrubs with clusters of small flowers and often large white, pink or red, involucral bracts. So they have involucral bracts, which are large and white, pink or red. And the uh, the genus name is Cornus or Cornus. The family name is Cornaceae, 
And that is the dogwood family. Trees and shrubs with the flowers. Doe! Here is the word doe. So you can spell it two ways, either just D-O-H or D apostrophe O-H. That's the way that I usually see it as. It is an interjection, and it is from 1993. I mean, technically, I think Homer Simpson was saying it before 1993, but uh, I think officially, officially it got added in 1993. Although maybe, maybe he wasn't even saying it until 1993. The Simpsons started in 80, 88 or 89, but maybe Doe didn't come into his vocabulary until the 90s. This is used to express sudden recognition of a foolish blunder or an ironic, an ironic, ironic, let's say the words right, a foolish blunder or an ironic turn of events. I think I need to say this more often because I'm often doing foolish blunders. I don't know specifically when, but I do vaguely remember hearing the news story of Doe being added to the dictionary, so I'm just so happy to see it here. And, of course, if I were uh, if I were famous or known in any way, maybe I would have a small chance at actually getting the voice of Homer on this episode, but, of course, that is never going to happen. Uh, Dan Castaneda. I don't know if I pronounced his last name correctly, but he's the one who's done the voice of Homer for all these years. And uh, yeah, I would just love to ask him, I guess at the very least, where did this come from? Was it him? Was it a writer? Um, and like, what what's sort of his his uh, his feeling? What what is why what does he feel about this word having uh, been such a huge cultural thing that we think of now? Doe. A deer. It's a good word. Next. Doe. Doily is next. Doily. D-O-I-L-Y. Noun from 1711. One. A small napkin. That's a doily. A very small napkin. How small does it have to be to be considered a doily? Number two. A small, often decorative mat. Uh, so, well, let's read the etymology. This is from the word doily with a capital D spelled a couple ways, D-O-I-L-Y or D-O-Y-L-E-Y. And it is a London draper. So I guess this is a, a company maybe who made these things. And it says FL, is that flourished? They flourished in 1711. Uh, Let's just do a quick check on my abbreviation page. Yes, flourished in 1711. I don't know if that's when they were founded or what, but that's they were making these things. So, I mean, I I think of doilies as being, um, it's like, how do you describe it? I don't know what the process is of what they do to make them, but they always have lots of holes. Uh, I can't think of the actual, a proper term better than doily, but um, yeah, it's very decorative. There's maybe like patterns or images, and it, it's just uh, it's just a mat, a thing that you put on other things, like a like a tablecloth kind of thing, but it's just full of holes. So it's more decorative than practical, 
And uh, yeah, I don't know what the process is called. I think I got to put a link in the show notes. What? How do you? How do you make a doily? How do you make a doily? The next word, do, do in two words, transitive verb from 1905, number one a, to bring about the defeat or destruction of, as in a businessman done in by greed. Oh, you better watch out for that. Greed is going to take you in. It's going to destroy you, defeat you. Yeah, greed will do that. Also the synonym kill. 1B, the synonyms are exhaust and wear out. At the end of the day, I have been done in because I am tired. Number two, the synonym is cheat. I guess, uh, yeah, I guess if you... If you're going to cheat, you're you're doing in. I don't know how to say that in a in context, but that's it. Dope. Doing is next. D-O-I-N-G. Noun from the 14th century. One, the act of performing or executing. The synonym is action, as in, that will take a great deal of doing. So much performing or executing, so much work. This podcast is a whole lot of doing. I'm doing a lot of things often, which is why I think I'm going to cut down my episodes when I get to the ease from seven days a week to probably five days a week. Need to need to lighten my load a little bit. Number two for doing, this is plural, doings. So 2A is things that are done or that occur. The synonym is goings-on, which has a hyphen, as in everyday doings. All the things that are going on every day. What are the goings-on every day? What are the doings? They're just the things that are done or that occur. The garbage people pick up the garbage. People go to work. They eat food. What, What are the doings? The doings. To be social activities are the doings. Do Next is doit. I think it's doit or you can say dite. Now it is spelled D-O-I-T or D-U-I-T. Noun from 1592. One. An old Dutch coin equal to about one-eighth Stiver. Hmm. Stiver. It's one eighth of a stiver, and it is a doit or dite. Number two, this the synonym is the number one definition for the word trifle. Now, I would think a trifle is just like a little thing that doesn't really matter or mean so much. Oh, it's just a little trifle, whatever. Now I could be totally wrong. But I think that makes sense. And if it's one-eighth of a stiver, then yeah, it's probably not worth that much. Uh, this is from the Dutch word doit, or maybe they say dite, akin to the Old Norse theviti, which means small coin, also from theveta, which means to hew, H-E-W, to hew. Uh, yeah, it's a money, old money. Uh, do. Next is do it yourself. 
three words with hyphens noun from 1952. Before then, people couldn't do things themselves at all. That's probably not true at all. They probably did lots of things themselves. Themselves? This is the activity of doing or making something, as in woodworking or home repair, without professional training or assistance. Broadly, an activity in which one does something oneself or on one's own initiative. This has become a huge thing in the last 20 years, I would say. Uh, With HGTV, people are teaching you how to do things. Uh, With the internet, people uh, are, are, are making videos to show you how to do things. Plumbing, electricity is a little bit more advanced. I wouldn't recommend that. Uh, you know, minor carpentry, painting, whatever it is, any really anything you want to learn, you can learn how to do it yourself on the internet. Um, but, you know, be careful. I have definitely learned how to do things from the internet. Not a lot, but I've done a handful of things. Uh, it feels good. It feels good when you can do it yourself. DIY. Yeah, that's great. Um, but at the same time, uh, if you if you got the money, I feel like uh, so for me, I'm like, you do it. I don't, I don't want to do it. You do it. I'll pay you to do it if I got the money. Um, I'm also thinking with 1952, uh, you know, a lot of people probably could do a lot of things on their own before that because that was kind of the culture. Like it seemed it feels like everybody just sort of knew how to do a lot more things back then because they had to. Uh, than they do now. So then around around maybe the 40s or 50s is when you would then pay for a professional to do a thing, which is why the idea of doing it yourself became a little bit more novel and new and interesting. And then, of course, like with TV, you know, we've got home shows and, and other things that, you know, with, with technology, we were able to learn more how to do things ourselves. So, yeah. I do. I should learn how to do more things myself, but sometimes I just don't want to. Do-it-yourselfer. That is a noun. Uh, I haven't been saying this, but we obviously went from D-O-G to D-O-H to D-O-I. Uh, let's see. What, how does the alphabet go? A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J. That's the next section. Do! Dojo is next. Noun from 1942. A school for training in various arts of self-defense. And examples of those self-defense arts would be judo or karate. And of course, my American way wants to say karate. Karate, man, let's go do some karate. Okay, this is a Japanese word, dojo, which is from do, which means way or art, and jo, which means ground. So, uh, well, I don't know how the word ground comes into it. Maybe it's on the ground. Uh, or maybe if, you, uh, if you're if you studying these self-defense arts, you might be thrown to the ground. I don't know what the official reason is, but, uh, but yeah, dojo. Uh, there's that famous scene in The Matrix when uh, they're in the dojo doing some training inside The Matrix, and that's a fun, cool scene. Uh, I've never really been in a dojo I think I took one karate class when I was a kid and I was like, nope, I'm good. Dojo. 
I do think I should learn some some more of these things. I think it would be good for my body and my brain. So maybe someday I'll, I'll get myself all up in a dojo. Do, jo, Dolby is next. Capital D O L B Y. Uh, you could also say Dolby. Is that right? Yeah, Dolby or Dolby. This is a trademark, and it is used for an electronic device that eliminates noise from recorded or broadcast sound. And, I mean, when I hear Dolby, I just think of the company Dolby that makes fantastic audio uh, devices or speakers or audio processes or anything related to to sound in some way. You know, what is it, like Dolby 5.1, 7.1? This podcast is not in any sort of Dolby sound. Uh, but yeah, it's it's audio stuff, sound. Oh, and that was the DOL section. That's the beginning of that. J-K-L-L, and we're going to keep on talking about the D-O-L words for a little while. do Dolby, Dolby. Dolce is next. D-O-L-C-E, Dolce. It is an adjective or adverb. From circa 1847, the synonym is soft and smooth. This is used as a direction in music. Play this part here, soft and smooth, please. Play it dolce. This is an Italian word, and it literally means sweet. I think a lot of us are pretty familiar with that these days. I don't know, we see dolce a lot on things. A lot of people probably say dolce or dulce, but it's dolce. It is from the Latin dulcis, and there's more at the word dulcet, which I think is like like the dulcet sounds of the piano. They're the nice, calm, smooth sounds. That's dolce. Ooh, I just like anything that's dolce. Dul. Okay, this is a fun one. Dolce far niente. Uh, niente. Dolce far niente. This is two words. Dolce is the first word. Oh, no, it's three words. Dolce, far, second word. Third word is niente. N-I-E-N-T-E. Noun from 1814. Pleasant relaxation in carefree idleness. Wow, there's a lot going on there. Pleasant relaxation in carefree. I, that just sounds so perfect right now. You're carefree. You, you're not doing nothing. You're idle. You're relaxing, and it is so pleasant. I hope relaxation is pleasant. This, of course, is an Italian phrase, and it literally means sweet doing nothing. It is so sweet when you're doing nothing. Oh, yeah. All right, let's talk about the last word, do. This word is dolcetto, D-O-L-C-E-T-T-O, dolcetto. Noun from 1979, it is a light, fruity red wine from the Piedmont region of Italy. And I think, if I haven't had this, I think I would like it. I probably have had it, dolcetto. It is Italian. It is a grape variety. Uh, and it's a wine made from the grape. 
Oh, so first of all, it's a grape variety called Dolcetto. That's the type of grape. But then the wine made from that grape is also Dolcetto. And then uh, it's from the word Dolcetto, which means somewhat sweet. I wonder what the grapes taste like on their own. That's what I want to do. I want to taste all of the different grape varieties that they make wine out of and see how they compare and contrast. My palate is so bad, though, I probably wouldn't even be able to tell a difference. All right. I talked about how long these episodes are, and I'm already over my my normal time, so let's, let's get on with this. Uh, the words that we had today were dog's chance, dog sled, dog star, dog tag, dog tick, dog tooth, dog tooth violet, dog trot, dog trot, dog watch, dog wood, do, doily, do in, doing, doit, do it yourself, dojo, dolby, dolce, dolce farniente, and dolcetto. Oh, I gotta say, there's a lot of these that I really want to pick. I'll go through them in order. Uh, I gotta find them first. Okay, dough first and foremost. I would like to pick that possibly. Do it yourself. I think that's a good one. Any of the dolce words, dolce, dolce farniente, and dolcetto. All of those are great. I, I'm, I'm tempted to do dough, but the other one that really kind of feels just really fantastic to me is Dolci Far Niente. Dolci Far Niente is going to be the word of the episode. I am not trying to be disrespectful in any way, but it's hard not to do an Italian accent when you're saying the words like these. Dolci Far Niente. It's pleasant relaxation and carefree idleness. Sweet doing nothing. That's it. That's the word. That's the song. You got it all from me today. Uh, Yep, I'm just grateful you're here at all. Go tell the people. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. Tell your foes. That's the same thing. Tell your family. This has been Spencer Dispensing Information. Dope!